Looking in a pass. A move in. They score. They score. Jacob Cole. And welcome back to BE Boss Sports Radio here at WQAQ. My name is Brennan Kelly, joined alongside my co host and great friend over here, Michael King, in the How studio. In the studio on a Saturday night. For those of you it's listening, a Friday. it's Friday night. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, for those of you who just, you know, heard that beautiful call by QBSN's very own Matt Mugno, calling the Quinnipiac Bobcats winning the national championship almost a week ago today, last Saturday night down in Tampa Bay, Florida. What a scene, huh? Oh my God, what a night to just just to be a Bobcat, to be a fan of the team, just to be just to be a, associated with Quinnipiac. One of the greatest nights in university history, and. Uh, we just had to pay homage to that call because that's a historic call for Matt. Probably the best of his career in a, you know, the biggest moment. Spotlight's on him, and he got it done. So shout out Matt just for getting that done. You know, I, I talked to him a few times during uh, the weekend down there, and you know, he was just so confident in the team, and he was just, you know, he was ready. And in that moment, he shined. So uh, just a little bit on the Bobcats' first national championship win for the team. You know, Rand Pecknell in his 29th season, finally getting it done. He's been he's made two other uh, final final four appearances, came up short the last two. Couldn't you know, think of a guy more deserving than him. You know, he, he's, he's built he's built this program from the, the beginning. You know, over the last week, uh, it's been brought to public attention that when you know he when he first took over this team, you know they were practicing at midnight at Northford Ice Pavilion down the road. Uh, this was before we were even a D1 program. You know, he's, he's built this place up from the beginning, and he deserves all the credit in the world for what he's done with this team and this program. And just being able to get the team, you know, whatever year it was to buy into his, you know, his methods and his, uh, the way he coaches this team. And it's just, you know, he's a living legend. And the fact that we're getting to experience a national championship win here in 2023 while we're at Quinnipiac, it just couldn't be any more special. Um, it just, it's just too perfect. So, you know, shout out to Rand, all the team, you know, the, the guys that came back for their fifth year, Captain Metza. You know, we got Bon uh, Burgart. Didn't Metza just sign with uh, the Rochester yeah. Americans? Yeah, too? I mean, it's been a busy week. You know, there's been a lot of turnover in players. Obviously, you have your five grad, you know, grad players coming back from last year's team, and, you know, their, their time is up. You had a transfer Jake Johnson's time, you know, came back, and now he's, you know, graduated as well. But um, I just think... Sh- it just shows the the family that this team has kind of built up over the years here um, yeah, for these guys for sure. to come up short in last year's playoff against Michigan, getting a chance to face them again and, you know, taking them out of the playoffs and pushing them into the national championship. I couldn't be any more of a perfect story. A dominant win. They looked amazing. The Bobcats were caught in that game. That was great for them. They needed that for the for their uh, momentum. It was the their, Michigan's a very talented team. Very, you know, a lot of high caliber guys, a lot of NHL draft picks on that roster. But Luke Hughes, right? You just signed and just scored. 
just amazing to see. You know, literally last week he's playing almost a week, like last Thursday he's playing in a, you know in his last co- collegiate hockey game, and this week he's with the Devils, scored his first career goal. You know, now he's with his brother. Danced right around Ovechkin too. As much as you know, you hate to see it as a Quinnipiac fan. It's very cool to see as a fan of the game of hockey and see those brothers play together. Um, and to see them succeed together. It's always something awesome to see in sports is when you get to do it alongside a family member and a sibling. You know, that's happened this year with Quinnipiac with Joey and Anthony Cipollone. And Bobcats have had a lot of pairs of brothers that have had very successful careers here um, over the years. But just wanted to start the show with something a little different here, document the feelings. Um, I was down in Tampa, and I just wanted to make sure that there's some documentation of how surreal it felt to get a national championship win I know I've been watching this team my whole life with, you know, my younger brother and our good friend Liam alongside my parents and a lot of longtime fans in the stands and finally getting to see it happen, see them get over the hump and really get that first national championship, which I think solidifies the dominance that the team has had in the last 20 years. They finally got that piece to be like, you know what, like we came up short two other times, but we finally got our own. You know, we've been so good. Rance, I believe, is the most winningest active coach in college hockey right now or Sounds at right. least I mean, up there somewhere yeah. in that statistic but um it's just crazy to me that we're getting to experience this while we're in college and saying that we were here when the team got the team and the school got their first national championship win um it's quite amazing but you know over yeah. the last week it's just been it's been cool to see everyone you know showing their school spirit and being proud that they go to Quinnipiac. it's putting us on the map you got the shirt on right now too I, uh, national champion shirt quickly bought my championship merch and i will continue to buy it as more styles and you know different variants reveal themselves um it's just doesn't really feel real you know i've seen the trophy with the players around campus and uh metza took it golfing today used it as his uh whatever it is like the ball marker which i thought was (laughs) hilarious that's going viral um it's just awesome to see and i think it'll really hit me when they inevitably raise the banner next season yeah that'll be that'll be a great night that place will be absolutely rocking for that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really hoping they're getting like i hope it's a big matchup where you know they're facing like north dakota open the season um two two seasons ago at home and they tend to have out of conference games you know earlier um so i would love to see them open up against a big name and just be like all right we're still here because right now there's a lot of questions with this team um you know players are leaving obviously we can start with the biggest one um Yaniv Peretz signed with the Hurricanes. Uh, Hurricanes. So that's a fun situation to talk about just because of Rod Brindamore's connection with the team. His son, Skylar Fundamentals Brindamore, has been on the roster. You know, he's coming in. He's got the ability to come back for one more year. If I had to predict it right now on April 14th, I think he comes back for one last dance. Um, he was on NHL Network the other night with his father. And just based on the, the way he phrased it, it didn't sound like he was in any rush to leave. You know, he talked about finishing out the semester and enjoying, you know, the next couple weeks. You know, with the team, which is obviously prior to number one after you win a national championship. But, you know, then he mentioned something about the summer. And to my, uh, you know, understanding, if he was going to sign with a, an NHL program, AHL program, he wouldn't be hanging around here during the summer, especially when his father is an NHL coach. So to my best understanding, he'll probably come back alongside fellow graduate, um, rising graduate Jane Lee, who just announced his return and will probably don the sea for the Bobcats next season. Uh, back to the Yaniv thing before we finish up with our... Uh, our team tribute over here. Uh, all the props to Yanni for coming in um, and winning the the competition against Dylan St. Cyr, who was kind of everyone's preseason pick to be the starting goalie for last season. 
um, and quickly fell to the bench after Yanni had back-to-back very strong performances. So What a career he had here, huh? It just I, I've never seen anything as special as what he did in such a short amount of time. You know, two years, he broke basically every record in not only the team's history, but some in NCAA history, and he did it so quickly. And I think he deserves, you know, all the flowers he's getting over the last week, especially after he signed, you know. It's just, it's amazing. Two years, two very strong years, two very dominant years, regular season and postseason. Um, and he got the job done. He's the first goalie in, in team history to actually win the national championship. And Quinnipiac has a lot of strong goalies over the years. And for him to, you know, be the one to get it, I think it just shows that. Nobody you know, more deserving. He, you know, he's the guy. I mean, he was a fan favorite. The team loved him. Soft-spoken, very humble, humble person. You know, he just, you know, won the national championship and he's, talking about how you know great the whole team and and i think it shows what kind of person he is and what kind of character he has um he's talked about how he didn't have any other college hockey offers so for him to come here win the starting job you know play strong back-to-back years and right off into the sunset into the nhl just you can't top it and it's just one of those things where it's just like wow god he's like you can't even say like just it's that's yanni right there so yep. Um, for those of those fans that are here right now and season ticket holders and people that got to witness him, he'll be definitely talked about as that guy. Like he'll he'll do he's like an urban legend. You know what I mean? He just rode off in the sunset basically three days after they won the national championship. Um and it's just it's great to see. So we wish him the best of luck, the best you know, best of luck for all the other grad grad players that are looking to go get deals. I know a few of them have signed already. Lombardi, Metza, Friedman got one. Yeah. So we're looking at DeYoung. Uh, Bergart, Jake Johnson, they're all looking for deals, and I'm sure they'll get them. They're all very deserving of it. They've played excellent this whole year, so all props to them. Um, and, yeah, just we got some questions with the younger guys. Graf had a, an amazing year. He's looking potentially to go pro. Um, you know, tournament MVP Jake Wallen, who scored the game-winning goal. Like, he went five goals in the NCAA tournament, which is, that's a, I believe that's a record. I be, That's got it. Like, I've, I, I've been seeing a lot of posts. I think it's a record. Um, and then the third player on that line, Sam Lipkin, uh, who was already drafted by the, the Panthers, right? Arizona. Or Arizona. Um, he decided to come back this year as well, so hopefully that'll start a trend of our younger players kind of running it back. Uh, a lot of people around campus are already talking like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a down year next year. Like, all our guys are leaving. Yanni's leaving. Like, I'm very confident in this team ability to, you know, the new, instead of rebuilding, it's good, you know, the new term is to retool. So yeah, I think this team goes out. They've already got a couple transfers in the portal, a couple strong defensemen to kind of fill up that back end of the team. And they just brought in BU's goalie who had a, I believe, a 14 and 6 record starting the season and a little above two goals against average. So, you know, another veteran got to come in and compete. We have a kind of a stacked goalie, goalie room coming into the next season. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Final thoughts on uh, just the season as a whole, Mike, and what you took away from you know this team this year as a fan and as a you know a student of this team. Uh, I mean, we were just blessed this year, to be honest. I mean, what did they have three losses this year? Something they were like dominant as home at like, home. I don't think they lost at home, and at least in regulation, I might be mistaken by I that. Mean, but they a, were very what a, strong. What a team to be able to watch, right? Like you know, they may not get all the national recognition that any other like you know like your college football teams would, but mm-hmm. I feel like that's what makes it a little bit more sweeter. It's much more personal. You know, we don't have the the giant school that Minnesota, that Michigan, that Ohio State, and those mm-hmm. you know teams that we beat have. So yeah. it's nice to kind of stick it to them, and I think we finished off the season as perfectly as we could have. 
Yeah, I, I just it's the best. It's the best way for to shut everyone up that doubted us all year. I mean, the ECAC is not considered to be a very strong conference, and most of the teams weren't exactly great this year. But the fact that not only did we not win the ECAC championship, but we were able to go undefeated in the NCAA tournament and beat all the teams very strongly and confidently. Um, every game they were in it, underdog so, every game. Yeah, and I just I, I love that the team recognized that. Nobody thought they would win anything based on they're like you know Lombardi and Bergart were both like you know people say we didn't play anybody and you know I think losing to Michigan last year obviously fired the guys up going into this year's matchup you don't lose you know you can't lose back to back last year they got the best of us and we played strong last year and we got that them was this a year great so. Michigan team though I mean that's definitely no nothing to hang your head about it was not an easy job so there's exactly. no way people can't talk about they had an easy path it you was got, an easy playoff they had a guy who is the heavy favorite to win the Calder right now. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like I said, nothing to hang your head about. But it's, it's, it's just perfect. Good, it's great that they got to get it back against them. Yeah, but uh, I wish the best of luck to all the guys leaving and uh, going on their next journey. I know they'll be around. All the alumni, there was a ton of alumni in the building for the for the team. And it's just, it's great to see. And, uh, you know, for Rand and his family and all the sacrifices and dedication hours they put into this program, I'm glad they finally got that because, you know, that it's a respect he deserves. You know, he's a legend. He, he will be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and he will inevitably have the rink named after him when his time is up. So on that note, uh, Quinnipiac National Championship 2023, uh, got the first one, start of the dynasty, in my opinion. You know, recruits are going to go up. Everything's going to get better, and it's already been great. So, you know, when something's really good and it's getting better, then... You can be excited. So I'm going to roll the intro here, and we'll be back with our normal B&E content in about a, a minute and a half. So stay with us. I'm going to tell you a story. in the backfield. Russell looks, throws inside. Oh my God, it's picked up at the goal line. It's picked up by Gus Hitler. Intended for locking at the goal line. Oh my word, with 20 seconds left. Welcome back for those of you, you, who you, you decided to stick with us through our Quinnipiac segment. So it is Friday night and it is a perfect time for us to do our yearly playoff preview for your Boston Celtics and your record breaking best regular season team in history. 65 wins. Boston Bruins who unreal. What a season. None of us will ever see 
a regular season as dominant as what we just witnessed. And the fact that it's already over, it's just... Quite possibly, you're, depending on how this postseason goes, this is your greatest hockey team the NHL has ever seen right here. Very strong point greatest there. Greatest regular season team, at least. This team was... I mean, you got a 60-goal score, 61 <laughs> goals, might I say. He's your... I mean, if Connor McDavid doesn't exist, he's winning an MVP this year. Um, I mean, obviously... That dude is just insane, though. I mean, McDavid. It, it's just, it's, it's absolutely Can't fascinating. Can't compete with that. But what a season from Pasta. I mean, he literally can score from anywhere. He can put it in the net however he wants, whenever he wants, wherever he wants. Um, Bergeron played, a, a, I thought he played a really good last season. Of course, you know, he might win the Selkie again. Just Oh, my God. Just, just name it the Bergeron already. Oh, my to. God. Like, the meme is Bergeron for Selkie, like, every year, because he's got what? How many of them? I think he's got five, and he's been snubbed multiple he's been times. because of voter fatigue. Yeah. We you all know, know this. This is Bergeron basically could win it for, like, the last decade if he chose to, but, you know, if the league supported him. But just to build off what Mike has said, it's just, like, it's fascinating how good the Bruins are this year. Like, going into this season, there was a ton, an absolute ton of question marks with this team, and they knew it, too. I mean, McAvoy's injured. Marshan's injured. Krejci's making his return from basically like the retirement league over there in the Czech and you Republic. Have a brand new coach, head coach in Montgomery. Like and what? Like and I know our number one fan, uh, Mr. King, was pretty Tom upset King. with the Bruce Cassidy firing. He was like, you know, what are we doing that for? Bruce it's Cassidy is one of the best coaches in the league. He still is very him, strong. Worked out for both parties. The Bruins are on paper your most talented team in the NHL and. In the Western Conference, Vegas represents that as well. Mm -hmm. They are certainly up there in terms of talent, uh, and uh, some of that is attributed to Cassidy. But uh, like you were saying, a whole lot of question marks going into this year, and we shut it down pretty quickly, I would say. Way quicker than everyone thought. We we thought that first month was going to be rough. We were on point. We were winning without McAvoy. Like you said, we were winning without Marchand. Lindholm stepped up and became basically the number one option. Yeah, he, it was nuts. He had a great year as well. It's but, um, what they've been doing is is off the charts. I mean, we talked about it a lot this over this past season. But the way that Don Sweeney flipped Eric Halla, who was a very you know average and effective solid second line season last year for where we were, Eric Halla was a solid player. Like you said, flipping him for Pavel Zaka, creating that. Check line, the second line with Pasta, uh, Zaka, and Krejci. I mean, you know, that's it's, where those 61 goals came from right there. You it's know beautiful. I mean? I mean, I feel like Zaka, Zaka was, was the was... perfect addition for that line. We all knew that Krejci didn't always get a perfect opportunity to play alongside Pasta before he left, and that could have been a Bruce thing. That could have been a Claude Julian thing. Right. Um, but Montgomery, Jimmy has not. He's not been afraid to switch it up. No, he. You know, he's had his. T- but consistently, he's left them together. Now, come playoffs, Bertuzzi easily, might slot and slot into that second line left wing. Who knows? But you, he very well could have ran the perfection line all year if he wanted to. Yeah, but I he mean, saw what worked. He, I, I think it shows that he was not afraid to take a risk because obviously, when you have a line of Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and David Pasternak. Most coaches, especially first-year coaches, will probably resort to like resort to that as their like kind of way to make sure that they, you know, are successful early on in their coaching careers. Like you put that line out there, they're going to produce. But having DeBrusque on that top line and really giving DeBrusque the opportunity, he's excelled. I mean, we have said it basically every time DeBrusque has scored a goal 
in the last two years with the Bruins since we started this show is, is he breaking out? And we can now officially say he had a very strong a good year. year on the top line. And I, it, it gives me confidence with this team moving into the future, knowing that DeBrusque is happy to be here. He doesn't want to be traded anymore. That's directly as a result of Bruce leaving, which if you look at this, not only did DeBrusque break out, Krejci and Bergeron both came back, and there will probably be documentaries about this team someday where Bergeron and Krejci, DeBrusque, maybe even Trent Frederick will all be like, yeah, I really wasn't like loving it here until they got rid of Bruce, and then I started loving it. <laughs> and how can you not love Montgomery? I've been watching the behind the He's B awesome. all year. He lets them control themselves. Yeah, I mean, he gives Bergeron the room when he knows it's, it's time. You know, Bergeron is the leader. He's been the leader. Even when Chara had the C. Bergeron was the leader. Yeah, Bergeron is that guy who's been respected in the locker room for the league years. too. Oh, in the league for sure. Like he's just one of those guys that you can't not respect. He doesn't talk. He does everything right. He's a perfect leader. He's and, a role model for young yep. players. Like he he's the pinnacle of if somebody hits him after the whistle, somebody hits him wrong, somebody will oh, step up, and 100%. it doesn't matter who Instantly. it is. You could see. You could see Marshan step up for him. Which he, and he, he has, has before, multiple. Yep. And you would you would see Pasta step up for him. You would yeah, see guys that will not fight normally would they do anything? I mean, I think fans would even get on the ice. You would see DeBrusque throw hands if it meant protecting the captain. And the, I feel, the respect that he has is on. I feel kind of bad, honestly, for Bergeron. And he was only able to have the C for what two, three seasons before he was able to hang it up. Yeah. Something that if he was on literally any other team, he would have had the C for probably over 10 years. I mean, he's been with the program since 2003, um, which is a great year for many reasons. But um, I just think that Boston fans, NHL fans, the NHL executives, the Bruins executives have taken Patrice Bertrand for, you know, for granted for the amount of, you know, time and effort and, what he's done for this organization, it's no doubt 37 is going in the rafters and will never be worn again. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, potentially, you know, they don't do it league-wide often, but there could be a case. You know, he, he's, been such a, he's been such a strong player. You know, he's been a great leader. And I think after he's done with his playing career, I can see him come around, you know, and get into a leadership, a management position. Oh, yeah, for sure. Maybe even coach one day, you know. Um, I would have no problem making him a future coach of the team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just going back to my original point, the question, you know, there's a lot of question marks going into this year as a Bruins fan. Uh, Charlie Coyle even talked about it the other day on NHL Network about how the team even, you know, they heard everyone kind of concerns, and they, they felt it themselves. I mean, he, you know, Coyle recognized having a new coach, and you never really know what that means, and it's worked out far better than any of us could have imagined. Um, you know, our expectations were, all right, Bergeron's coming back. That means you have to compete because you don't. He doesn't have a ton of time left in his career. You got to put a, a, a roster out there yeah, that's got to compete build around him. And you know, I've been grilling Don about giving up future assets in order to make this team playoff ready and ready to compete for a Stanley Cup, and leverage that compared to saving a bunch of draft picks. And what Don has done is he's acquired Pavel Zaka. He's acquired. Orlov and Hathaway for basically who have both played not, nothing crazy very well and have seemingly fit in 
very well. Seamlessly at some times. As well as Tyler Bertuzzi, who has also seemed to fit in very well. No matter what line he's on, I've seen him. Like you said, he's made appearances on the second line. He's played on the third line. He's been jubbled around. He's fit in exactly where he's needed to. He's really good in front of the net. He's a he's one of those guys that will redirect shots. He's just a hockey player. Like He's, he's, he's a dirty, it. grimy, rough and tough player. And I love it. He deserves to be on a team like the Bruins, who have a history of having those kinds of guys and who are not afraid successful. to get their hands dirty to score a couple of goals. I mean, something that doesn't get talked about enough, at least on our show, is the depth that this team has. When you look at the potential playoff lines, and Greer is not in it, there's some projections where Felino's not in it, right? And then you have the defensive core where Derek Forbert's been out for about a month right now, and he... It's a shot-blocking machine. And, he, shot he, and machine. right now he's not even projected in the line. So, you know what I mean? And then you have Hall, who is looking like might be on the third line. Right. Right? Like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? It's, it's Tyler Hall. Taylor Hall. The former Hart Trophy winner, for first overall pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, it's, fast, it's fascinating. You know what I mean? Um, and it's exactly what you need to go on a run like this because it, the NHL playoffs are un, undebatable, the hardest playoffs to compete in um, and stay healthy through you know obviously nfl is a very tough sport as well but you play once a week and it's you got a break you know what i mean and they're basically used to getting injured all year and they recover you know what i mean the recovery come playoff times is they're like used to it you know what i mean i can't feel my leg like you're good by the next game you know looking at the recent playoff history you know zidane ochara broke his jaw and he still played the next game or you know what i mean he played you know what i mean so that's that's my biggest concern with our play. You know, looking at the playoffs ahead is that it's a long, intense battle. Every game, you are you are being hunted. Every the- game is truly different. Like mm-hmm. you will hear, you know, we're we're taking this one game at a time. But that is totally how hockey is. You can see you can see the momentum in an NBA series right away. Like you'll see the two teams matched up together, and you'll know, you know yeah, this one's got it. Yeah, and in a hockey game. You it's never like know. any given Sunday, you know what I mean? Like, I think it is way different. The stakes are higher. Guys want it more. Their, their playoff hockey is going to get way more physical, which is always good to see. I love it. Playoff hockey is the best thing ever. It's the best thing yeah, ever. It is, I think, it is the most exciting playoffs in sports. All I say is I miss Doc Emmerich screaming goal. That was you know, come the last two series where you lose your Nesson, bias announcers, and Jack Edwards, Andy Brickley, who I love, but you lose them. But you still got that energy. You know what I mean? And I miss that a lot. But um, it's going to be super exciting to see how this goes. Now, normally we like to talk about how Boston teams tend to be the underdog and that, like, you know, you can't count us out. Not this time. Not this year. Everybody and is coming at us this the year. The entire league Whether wants it be us hockey done. or basketball this year. Yep, yep. There's, there's no questions asked. People do not want to see the Bruins succeed this year. As much as Bergeron is lovable and the team itself, you know, people want to see them fail because of the records like they've broken. Fail. They want you know to see I mean? this team fail. So when you're in that situation where everyone expects a Stanley Cup or bust, then it's, there's a little added pressure. I think this team is up for it like they're not like gonna they're not gonna back down yeah it's it's just i'm so ready i'm just you know we got the we got the panthers in the first round who i think it's gonna be a good series i think it's gonna be a good tune-up 
But Good test. I think I think five games is all it takes if we play them right. Um, you know, I if they play this year's Bruins, I don't want to see any of that BS from last year where it was. You know, we can only win. What was it? We could only win home games last year. Yeah. In the playoffs against the Hurricanes, that was a rough series to watch. Um, I know that we weren't that great last year, but we probably should have beat them in the first round. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I um. I agree with you there. I think I it's going to be that strong. fascinating to see this team in a series playing the same team m- multiple times. Yeah, you I think I that's think the true test. The Panthers last year would have scared me a little bit. This year, not so much. And I think that I think the Bruins should make light work. Um, they got some good guys. They got uh, they got Trocheck right on the Panthers. Mm-hmm. He, he's had a good season. Um, yeah. They're, I mean, they, got a couple good they guys, snuck in. They snuck in. Yeah, for sure. You know, it could have it could have been the Islanders. It could have been the Panthers. Um, it could have been the Penguins. I'd re- I'd rather it not be the Penguins. Penguins, two thousand six, the last time they missed the playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. That's all. Underrated team when it comes to winning. Sidney Crosby's done a good job over there. Yeah, and you know the the Winter Classic was with was tight with them. Uh, the regular season games were tight, so I didn't really want Pittsburgh. Um, Florida, we I, I think it would be a great test. To see how this team responds with multiple games against the same team, uh, can they figure out the Bruins? That's a possibility. There's a possibility you figure out what's working, what's not working. That's what's crazy about playoff hockey. You can pick away those things that are working, and then it really is a true test of. All right, so our top two lines eliminate themselves, which will probably happen if we play the Leafs or the you know Hurricanes, maybe Tampa. You know some of these very strong teams. Imagine how big a series would be between Toronto and Boston in the conference finals if it. Came that would be that. beautiful. That would be. You I might have, you might have heard that prediction here first. I don't know if the bracket is set up that way. I don't know, but that would be awesome. I would love that. That would be the series of the year for us because we hate the city of Toronto. Uh, they obviously hate us. We've ended their playoff careers a lot recently, so they're coming at us. They want it. They want us gone. Obviously, we're trying to make the cup and really complete this perfect season. But I mean, it just just looking at the uh, the projection. I mean, this is it. This I have full confidence to say for, this is it. This is it for a bit. Yep, and they, you know, obviously, like I said with the Bobcats, they could retool and they could go out and grab some pieces that kind of fit the bill. But the way I look at it is, this is probably it for Burge and for Krejci. And as great as Olmark has been, I don't know if he could. Right now, you know, who knows if he puts up this kind of season again. Right. You never know. I mean, I'd love for him to be in and out of the Vesna conversation for the next three years till his contract is expired, but or two years. But um, who knows? I mean, just we'll see what happens. But I, I'm, I'm more than excited. I can't even express how I feel. I'm so ready. It's getting warm out so again. School, school year's winding down. Nights are getting, you know, longer. It's getting, it's just, it's trending in the right direction. Let's and playoffs start. So, I mean... The greatest time of year to be a fan of Boston sports teams, except maybe October if the Sox are good. But clearly, yeah. which we're not going to get into tonight, yeah. they're not exactly they're the not most consistent team. So, um, but talking about playoff sports tomorrow, in Boston, three thirty, Atlanta Hawks at Boston Celtics on Woo. ESPN. Oh my God. Your first game of the NBA playoffs for your Boston Celtics. Wow. What are we thinking? So, I mean, I think everybody thought we were getting the heat. I think the play I think the Celtics probably thought it. I think Celtics single management. I think I Trey thought, Young probably thought that the Celtics I, were getting the heat. I would, I would say probably some Atlanta yeah, I'd probably say Atlanta fans, Atlanta players. We got the we got the Hawks. So they we're don't gonna, scare me at all. I no. say four games, or it's a disappointment. Trey Young is inefficient. He doesn't play John defense. Collins is just 
a role player. He's mid. He he's good, but he's nothing special. Who else do they have? Dejounte Murray is. Dejounte Murray he might a have a good season. He might give some. Uh, he might be giving a few problems so here let, and there. Let's just look at the matchup for a second. Let's say Smart on Trey Young. Smart's winning that battle defensively. Smart's Maybe not off, not him. offensively most likely because obviously Smart just he's Smart, he has his moments. Yeah, yeah. But let, all right, let's just Trey Young is eliminated, and even if Trey Young goes off, he's not going for more than thirty. Who else is going to score behind him? Jante Murray, Nobody right? Else. He's a he's a bigger guard. You want Jalen Brown on him? I'm cool with I that. Do. I'm even, I'm exactly. Like, if you want to if you want to put the size mismatch and have Tatum play on him, I would totally be cool with that. Yeah, I'm cool. I would totally be cool with who they got running their small forward, John Collins. Maybe I don't know. I think Al Horford would have. A Clint Capella there. is going to. I can't even say it. The B word, Clint Capella. And so is Rob. Like, they, we, we're good. They're, they don't have a point. There's not any point on that team yeah. where they're better than us. I don't see. They don't their, have depth. Their bench isn't. Yeah. I was just going to say their bench isn't great. Their, our bench is. We have Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench. That's all I want to say. You're you know likely I mean? sixth year of the sixth man of the year. Six, yeah, sixth year. But he's going to win sixth man of the year. He deserves I think. it. He's been the most effective guy coming off the bench in They're the league. They're probably going to rig it, though. They're going to give it to Emmanuel quickly. Oh, yeah. New York Somehow. needs something to go for him. Shout out Seth. Yeah, Knicks aren't doing anything anytime soon. Yeah, who are, who are the Knicks playing in the first round? I don't even know if they made it. Yeah, they made it. Are they, are they like the sixth seed? I want to say they're playing... Uh, Knicks are playing Bad the Nets? Cavs oh. tomorrow oh, at yeah. six. I'm sorry. I don't see the Knicks winning unless, like... Absolutely not. Unless Julius Randle decides to go, like, 50-point game like he had a few weeks ago. He decides to go absolutely sick this series. Then I don't see them winning. But if I um, if I had to predict the four teams left, it would be Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, and Cavs. And yeah. I hope that, that we get the Sixers. Amazing four teams. I would love to play the Sixers in the semis. Play the Bucks in the conference finals. I would honestly I would prefer the bring Cavs. It on. Bring it on. I say bring it the on. The Bucks? Bring it on. You know, I think a Bucks celtics Eastern Conference Finals back-to-back time, years man. would be electric, especially after how great last year's was. And everybody's talking, oh, they didn't beat they didn't him with Middleton. They didn't beat him with Middleton. Giannis was choking. The man. fact that Al Horford dunked on Giannis last year, and like, elbowed please him on the side give of the head, please. Like an absolute boss. That was the greatest thing ever. I cannot recall a time <laughs> that I watched basketball and I was screaming louder. All right, that was probably the greatest day ever. It was one of the better highlights of, of last semester. Sports. That's like up Holy there with shit. watching Tory Krug skate down the ice and hit that guy. On That's the a top five moment in Boston sports history. That was that got me fired up, ready to. I was oh like, my god, I was, was ready to run through a legitimate brick wall. But I, I think Celtics should win in four. I don't see any way where they're any worse than them unless they just collapse, <laughs> which would be. Very unfortunate. However. I think they're bored. I think the Celtics are just ready for playoffs. And I, that's a Paul Pierce, I believe, said something like that along the lines of, yeah, they're just not, like, they, they haven't been bad. They didn't get the one seed. Who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. The only time we're going to be on the road is if we end up playing the Bucks, and that will yep. be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And it's, you know what I mean? The whole Whatever. team's just gotten better and better. Um, you know, we didn't finish first this year or anything, but I think just as a group, we've just gelled so well. Um, you know, there was for a long time we had the best record in the NBA. We didn't end up finishing out with it, but um, you know, Tatum's just gotten so much better this year. Like the, your first ever Celtics thirty point per game score in a season, and you've had guys like Bill Russell, who wasn't known for scoring, but you know, it was in the sixties. Yeah, you've got Larry Bird. You know, yeah, you got you had Paul Pierce who was putting the ball in the bucket. Yeah, I mean, 
that's a feat for and sure. And he's done it quietly. Like, yeah. I just feel like he's not getting his flowers right now. He's in the MVP he conversation. Just, you know, and Thursday night game against your Charlotte, uh, Charlotte yeah. Hornets team, who, I mean, was not good this year by any means, but 50-point game, just pulled it out of his pocket and said, you know what, I think I'm going to go for 50 tonight. I'm excited to see his uh, I got his playoff tonight. shoes um, with his new player edition, his, you know, his, his collab with Jordan. Um, I remember his rookie year. He was I'm a big shoe guy. I remember when he was rocking the Kyrie threes in his rookie season. And obviously that was when Kyrie was on the team but wasn't healthy. And it was the year that we had Brown, Tatum, Rozier, and Marcus Morris take us to the promised land. That was probably, that was probably my most favorite. That was like Morris. my favorite Celtics playoffs. Marcus Morris is probably one of the most underrated Celtics just for 3-0 on Joel Embiid. Like, face. I, I miss Marcus Morris. I remember last year on the deadline, I was praying they'd bring him back just because he was like a fun guy. He was fun. Like, he was out there. He was a bad boy. You know what I mean? Like, if he got hurt, they could just use his brother. Like, it was just like, Clippers got a good one in him coming off the bench. So What a team that was. That was a great time to be a Celtics fan, even though it wasn't. It really was. It was a weird, it was a weird time. I was also seeing Scary Terry emerge. That was the best thing ever. That was awesome. That was when, like, the new era, yeah. That was when the new era rivalry started with the Bucks because it was personal. That was a personal series. Like, they hated each other. You don't see that in basketball that much. That is. You don't see that Eric basketball. Bledsoe, where is he now? He's playing basketball in China, I think. Yeah, anyhow, I um I miss when basketball, like when there was actual like rivalries. Like I miss that when they actually hated each other. And you see in hockey. So, Tom King, your Milwaukee. I don't know why I keep saying your. But the Milwaukee Bucks will be playing the Miami Heat in the first round of the playoffs. The wow. Miami Heat have eliminated the Chicago Bulls. Wow. Jimmy might go off. I would love what an upset that would be. Max Strews scored thirty-one points. Wow, seven of twelve from three, while Jimmy Butler scored thirty-one himself. Mar scored twenty-six points. I'm not a big. Assists. I'm not a huge Max Strews fan anymore, just because of how much he's bitched about his foot being on the line in last year's playoff against the. Uh, I also think this is interesting. I don't mean to interrupt. No, but of course. The Bucks played the Bulls last year. Mm-hmm. The Bucks play the Heat this year. Yeah. Interesting little. That was like the, the matchup to go see if the Bill, the Bulls wanted to go get their revenge. Obviously, I don't think they would have. But the Bulls had a couple of good games last year. Bulls were good. They, I remember I went. They my, were like a, if you're not locked in, like they can give you problems. Like if you get lazy, they'll they'll check you. Yeah, I remember my first Celtics game was against the Bulls, and that was when they were like. When it was like right after they had signed to Rosen, and they were like, "What a pickup!" Like he was balling. They were yeah. they were strong. They had just he, traded for Busevich and all that. They went in, but like, and no I get defense. it, but like it didn't really work out. They have no defense. Plus, having no Lonzo Ball for like the last yeah, two years tough. and probably the next Ever. hold. Yeah, he'll probably. I don't even know what's wrong with him. He'll probably never it's play basketball again. Unfortunately, but uh, I was high on him coming into the league too. It was I, fun to watch. I really enjoyed watching him in college. I thought he was actually, if he could fix his jumper a little bit, I thought he was going to be an absolute stud, but that yeah. didn't really work out. He's had a better career than Ben Simmons has had, though, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, and it's funny because they both drafts, back, back-to-back back years, Lakers and the Sixers messed up big time, back-to-back years. Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons. <sighs> I wow. love that so much. But Fultz is actually hooping now. Yeah. Good for him, Yeah, honestly. good for him because, I mean, he was obviously mocked to the Celtics at one point, and... It's it's it was funny when it was, he was on the Sixers. Now he's not on the Sixers. We can root for him. Same thing with Lonzo. He's only twenty four still too. He's still really young. It will be. I could see him ending up on the Celtics someday as like a bench guy. That would be funny. Full circle. 
That's when Tatum's winning like back to back MVPs. Averaged 14 all points that. a game this year, 78% from the line, 31% from three. He was never known as a three point shooter, so 31% from three is not too bad. Uh, he shot 51.4% from the field, which is a pretty good mark. Um, good for him, man. That's a lot to go through with all the... Uh, Best of luck, Lonzo. We hope you right, uh, right. figure it out. Just because, um, you know, I mean, he, we couldn't love him when he was on the Lakers, but he's not on the Lakers no more. So. Right. Um, Red Sox are winning right now against the Angels. Good. 5-3. Um, Who's pitching? I don't even so, know. So, speaking of a player that was once on the Atlanta Hawks, who has remained in the shadows of the Boston Celtics for the entirety of this season, Dal- God, Gallinillo... Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is he even going to come back? Do we know? If I had to put a finger on it with absolutely no medical insight or knowledge of his injury, just based on my hopes and dreams as a fan of the Boston Celtics, he comes back second, late second, early third round. Comes off the bench and just... And, like, comes off the bench and looks like prime Larry. I'm talking just... Get, like remember, remember Game Seven, Grant. Game Seven, Grant with twenty-seven points against the Bucks. Gallinari. Why? What is it? What is his name? Why? Dallin Gallinillo. Danilo Gallinari. DG. DG comes off. Of course, the Red Sox are on a black and just bang comes. I just I, I'm waiting for it. That I would, would love awesome. that. He checks in. Him, Brogdon, Imagine he Grant. hits a game winner, clutch shot. He drops 30 points off the bench one night. He come, like, I'm just, I would love that. And then he doesn't have to play it. Like, he come he in. do it, too. 30-piece, get out. Even if he comes in and he hits, like, three three-pointers. Like, just comes in, bang, bang, bang. Like, that would be the most electric thing ever. Because everyone would be like, holy, I didn't even, I didn't even think we signed him. Like, you know what I mean? People, people would be like, oh, I forgot about him. Like, oh, secret weapon. You know what I mean? And, like. That would be awesome. Like, he yeah, just checks was, in. He, like, starts hitting the mellow Carmelo celebration oh, at the garden. Like, really, I see it. They roll in the timeouts. Scal's going crazy. Mike Gorman's going crazy. The garden's just on their feet. Like, that was really an unfortunate injury. Like, yeah. that, it, it wasn't, it didn't make me feel as sick as I felt when Hayward got hurt, but it was, like, yeah, it was a, a bra moment. It, yeah. it, was, it, it was a bra moment for sure. It was, like, really. He would have been a nice, he would have been a nice piece he, off the bench. But I think we had the best best seed in the Eastern Conference if he's healthy this year. Yeah. But like I figure you were about to say it's neither here nor there. We're gonna move on and we're gonna go I was about to say absolutely that. spank ass against the uh Atlanta Hawks. I was about to say that if Gallinari didn't get hurt, if he was healthy, we would not have seen the breakout of Sam Hauser. Who I think he's gonna get minutes, depending upon the matchup. I he's a big he guard he's like a big guy. And he can shoot. He's long. He's fairly quick. Um, he can, he shoot, can the ball. shoot the ball from literally anywhere. Literally anywhere. It doesn't matter if he's moving. doesn't matter if he's fading away. doesn't matter if he's falling to the left. doesn't matter yeah. if there's a hand in his face. He He's an absolute sniper. Same with Al Horford, who you will oh see my God. absolutely banging corner threes left and right. That, is my fav- that might be my favorite thing ever. Seeing Al Horford Seeing hit a swish. What's, is- your favorite, what's your favorite thing to see as a Celtics fan that like, gets you hyped up? I, like, not, to just, not to just like build on what I'm saying, like seeing Al Horford make a three-pointer consistently is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. They, he'll just be at the top of the, like the key and he'll just bang, And it's bang. just such an unorthodox jump shot. Yeah. A guy his size is traditionally it's, not He was like second in the league in three-point like percentage that. this year. Yeah, he finished second in the league. It's insane. Like nothing gets me more, like I, I'll, 
To like, be f- Al Horford is a better three-point shooter this year, statistically, than Stephen Curry. It's like, what? I remember, so I got really into the Celtics um, in the 2016-17 season when IT and Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, Amir Johnson, and Al team. Horford. That, that was the starting five. That's what made me love the Celtics. With honestly. Rozier coming off the bench, that, um, what a Jer- team. Jared Jaredko, all them. Jonas Jerebko. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, uh, fan. Kelly Olynyk, all them. I had a Kelly Olynyk jersey, believe it or not. Shout out mom for that one. She bought it for me. Um, so that was when I really started to like invest my time into the Celtics. Like That was in, like, in every night in high school, all that. And Al Horford was my favorite player back then just because, you know, he was doing what he's doing now, but he was doing it a lot more because he was younger and he was more of a prominent piece in the offense because he was, you know, he was a a dominant big man. They'd feed him. He'd go to work. And they still do, but they don't need to as much because you got, obviously, a lot of very talented guys on this Celtics team. When he left to go to Philly, it broke my heart. And it set us back two years. And just did the purdle in one try. Nice. Um, Cole Anthony, ladies and gentlemen. I think losing Al Horford really set us back because you didn't have that veteran presence and you didn't have the guy that knew how to win. Al Horford's been a winner since college. You know what I mean? He's been, he's been just, he knows what it takes. He was on that Atlanta Hawks team that absolutely tore up the NBA in 2014, 2015. What a team that was, right? Can we see like a resurgence of him? Kyle Korver was an all-star. Jeff Teague was an all-star former Celtic. Paul Millsap, who at one time was... Yeah, one of the best power forwards in the NBA, and Al Horford was an All Star that year too. So he, you're right, he's been a part of that culture before. Uh-huh. Um, I love him. I love Al. I'm very high on the fact that if we win a championship with Al Horford, that there's a conversation to be had to have 42 in the rafters. I know I, that not I everyone sees know, eye to eye on it. I don't know. He's got to get one. I love one. him. Believe me, I he's love him. He's got to get one. Know. If he's a crucial part of this playoff run, I'm talking like crucial. Like he stops Giannis. Crucial though. No, I think as his, de- his defense him. is super underrated. He basically shuts down Giannis, like as close. Like you can't shut down an MVP. You can't. You can't take him lot, out. But to be fair, they give him a very lenient whistle. Um, I th- listen. I think Al Horford is probably. I would say he's the. F- I would say there's a conversation to be had. He's the third most important player in the Celtics for this playoff run. There's a conversation to be had about that. I would disagree with that. Brogdon. I would, I would say that Malcolm Brogdon trumps him. Yes, I would say that it's going to be Tatum. It's going to be Jalen Brown. I think Malcolm Brogdon is your number three. I think Marcus Smart is your number four. I don't. And I'm I think, not talking talent. And I think Rob. No, I know I'm not either. I'm talking Robert Williams as your number five. And he Al six. A, I think Rob Williams is a make or break. If he is hurt throughout the playoffs, what series did he miss last year? Uh, it was the Heat. No, it wasn't the Heat. He it? missed he some missed time. It was yeah. the. Was it the? It wasn't the finals. No, he didn't miss it in the finals. I don't think. Um. Yeah. No. He I. Was I can agree with you there. I just something about. I, th- I don't know. When Al's He's, playing his game, it's tough to lose. It's tough to lose. It's, it's tough to lose. It's something about seeing Al Horford grab a rebound. When he puts and, it right back up in your face and, and then he does the flex. Oh. And, and seeing either that or he grabs the defensive board and he's got options. And Al Horford puts his head down and he dribbles that. Oh, the I love that. And you see point guard Al. Oh. And you see him make that one-hand pass. Or like Out that, to JB for or, three. Or he'll go coast to coast. And I can't sit. I can't help myself but just sit It makes there me smile. I'm smiling. Smile. And I love it, dude. Point Al. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him so much. And they just He's gave him an extension. Around, yeah. like, he'll be here for a couple more years. I just, I had something about Al. And I don't want to talk about Al the whole show, but like. Just the fact that he's back, you know, he's been so good. Um, it opens the floor up, too. I mean, bring him out to any of the three, any spot in the three-point line. 
can Any hit of it them. from anywhere. Like that's that's the way he is right now. At what thirty six <laughs> years old, he can just absolutely hit a three from anywhere. It's it's perfect because then you can play him and Rob at the same time. And you can have Rob be the true center, and you can just throw Al out there and have him play the two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's out there. Al could do he's, it. I have more confidence in him than Tatum and Brown sometimes. You know what I mean? I truly, like, sometimes when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are, like, taking these risky three-point shots, like J- JT's patented double step back, bang, 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 or Jalen's, like, fading yeah, three-pointer. Tatum with your 60-point game on 45 shots. <laughs> like, Al Horford? Yeah. Man, every time that he scored like 20 points this year in a game, I got so happy for him. I was like, this is the old Hal Horford here, and I, I love, love it. it. Every second of it. Um, um, I just wanted to ask you real quick. Of course. Um, this is completely off topic from what we've just been talking about. Yeah. But Odell signed with the Ravens recently. Oh, yeah. That's, a big, that's is, a big story. Is he still good in your eyes? Do you think he is worth... Not necessarily, I think 18 million is a bit much for him considering what he's had yeah. out this yeah. past year with a, a really bad knee injury. And when he was on LA, he was good, but nothing. I, would, I wouldn't say, I he wouldn't was say he's a million. one. On that team, he has to be, though. He's, a, he's, a, he's, he's the he's best. He's behind Mark Andrews. He's the best receiver, wide receiver on the. I mean, Bateman's going to have probably have a good it, year. Yeah, he could this be. This is a two. his make or break year, I think, Rashad Bateman. He needs to, like, do something. Yeah, they took him in the first round. They need to. The Ravens need to retool that wide receiver room in the next few. They, didn't they hire a new coach as OC? Ah, uh, they might have. I think they brought someone in that Lamar liked to Maybe. try to keep him Maybe. around. It depends. I mean, there's a lot of factors. Yeah, the Ravens are. We a don't know team. if Lamar will even be a Raven this year. Snoop Huntley might be out here making thrive. Uh, I have no. So. Oh, also, Patriots signed Trace McSorley, which I yeah, I got throw it on the dumb. Anyways, um, ain't even trying. I don't know. I think OB, I, if I were OBJ, and I'm sure he probably wasn't healthy, he probably should have come back for last year's playoffs. I think he was really smart. Not to? Or no, I think not that he's really smart. I say good on him for getting not, the bag. Yeah. I mean, what was it, like 15 guaranteed? Yeah. I and mean, like it's a good deal. Are, the rest are incentive-based, and he has like a $1 million base salary, which is what you've been seeing a lot more of now to uh, – to keep costs the down, yeah, the you, like the salary cap, right? You, a lot of the teams now are either restructuring or creating new contracts around the fact that their base salary will be very low. Like I think OBJ's base salary is one point one million, which obviously, yeah, you, know, you got DeAndre Hopkins out here who's making a salary of twenty seven million, uh-huh. but of course you got the guaranteed money, which was a big issue for Antonio Brown a few years ago with the Oakland Ra- or Vegas Raiders now. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he was like, I need my guarantee money because he ended up forcing himself out of there. But anyways, I'm getting off topic. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you about that. If you think he's still going to be good. I, I think th- he'll be I think he'll be productive I think in that offense. Only 30, 31. I wouldn't he's like. He's got a couple seasons left. I wouldn't say he, football. like, fixes the Ravens. I think they're just trying to do something to make them seem Relevant. a little bit more appealing. Right. To- I, I totally agree. I don't think that they're really a threat. Um, Could you see them going up and getting a quarterback if Lamar leaves? Could they go up and get it like a Will Levis, uh, Anthony Richardson? I mean, could they like theoretically? What better QB could they select if Lamar left than Anthony Richardson? I mean, their play style is fairly similar. Yeah, I mean, I would love. I don't know. I'd like. I always get very high on the NFL prospects around this time after not watching any college football all fall. Right. I just you know I I read and I, I just, it's all opinion based obviously because draft isn't it in, in like two weeks week? from yesterday I think it's wow. 
Yeah, it's like the Thursday before we all leave. We're going to need to do like a... Uh, a watch. Like a live show yeah, or something. Yeah, that'd be fun. That would be cool. Um, Especially, I mean, the only issue is it would take so long between picks. You know what I mean? It'd be like a two-hour episode. We'd be like, I'm, I'm pick 10. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's just... I, I hate it when they like know who they're going to take. Like the Panthers are probably going to take two and a half years to pick... CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. There's no way and there's no way in hell that they're gonna wait until they're where they get five minutes <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is uh, to to pick. I just like, I hate that. All right, like, guys, who are we going with? Yeah, like, like are they gonna flip know. a coin there? Yeah, like, like, all right, we got it down to four guys. What are we gonna with, do? Yeah. Uh, Jim, who did you want to take? Yeah, they're just picking names out of a hat. Yeah, last exactly. One, last all one right, we're not taking Will Levis. If you're the Panthers, who do you take at that first pick? Aren't they talking about? Uh, it's got to be. It's either CJ or Bryce. People say CJ because the coach, Frank Reich, likes tall quarterbacks that don't that pass well. But everyone likes Bryce Young because he's mobile um, and he's a little bit more, can keep the play alive, I feel like. But I'm not a quarterbacks guy. I'm not a college football guy. Right. Um, I'm just I'm basing this off sure. of 20,000 opinions that I've looked at <laughs> and all these people that are like, you know what, I want to pick the top five picks and then all that. Um, I do think that the Patriots, depending upon how I think – it depends on a few factors. How quickly do the how quickly do the quarterbacks go? Do people trade up? Do people trade back? Right. Last year you saw you saw QBs that were highly touted. You only saw one go in the first round, right? Can you pick it? So it, it's a situation like that again. You don't know where. I think I think the quarterbacks in this draft, too. all four of them are better than Kenny Pickett. You think so? I think all yeah, four of them are. better. It was a little weak last year for sure. I think Pickett's okay, but I don't think that he's their future. No, I thought it was kind of a weird. It was like too high. Especially since Will Levis went in the third round and he was supposed to be, like, the second guy. You know what I mean? Not Will Levis. Uh, Malik Willis. Yeah. Right, and you uh, saw how good he was this year. Uh, granted, yeah. he doesn't really have anybody to throw to, but, my God, he yeah. just yeah. wasn't good. Um, you know, they were supposed they were saying that he was good on his feet, too, but, I mean, he wasn't really able to make any plays for himself. They had to go Joshua Dobbs in their wild card game, man. How bad does that stink? You're the you're the quarterback that they took, yeah, and you're not trusted because you were so you played so poorly, you know. Um, um, for the Patriots, um, looking at you know they're at 14. Who the who the heck knows is how it's going to go for that? It, it's, I feel like it's going to be a total shit show this year. There's not going to be any consistency. You're not going to be like, you know, what I mean the Jets pick right before us. And every mock draft is, oh, the Jets take another wide receiver. Oh, the Jets take a tackle. The Jet, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Could the Jets move up and get a quarterback because right. Aaron Rodgers' deal might not go through? Who knows? We're if still you waiting ha- to see on that one, too. If you were in the position where, let's say that everything, like, all the corners, all the corners in this draft, you know, all of them, and all the wide receivers are available, which, which side are you going at? I know we need tackles. Let's say the tackles go. You just got to pick. Cornerback or wide receiver? You got a skill position. What side of the ball would you invest your first-round pick into? Give me a corner, honestly. I think that's where we could be absolutely dominant. I think with Bill O'Brien, you have a chance to make the offense more dynamic with, with less talent. Yeah. Especially if we're going to keep a guy like Kendrick Bourne, who I think has way more potential. Like He had an 800-yard season. Yeah, he was really good ago. that his first year. He was good. And he was he was catching, like, I mean, he had that 75-yard touchdown. He was a big play guy. And his only, I forget what game it was, but he, we were making a big stink out of it, watching it in the common room. Yeah. He had one snap all game, and he went for 41 yards. Like, yeah. he, he was like a, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know, they were just hiding him all year. And I, I think B.O.B. can uh, get some usage out of him. I say corner because... 
I think your special teams guy is going to be Marcus Jones. That's where a majority of his role is going to be. I think you might see him on the offensive side of the ball again. I think he did a really good job against DeAndre Hopkins last year. Yeah. But the size is a bit of an issue to me. He's, what, 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, He's Marcus? pretty small. He is would, fast. Yeah. He's got good instincts on the ball for what I've seen so far. But I think you need, especially to, just to make sure on Jack Jones's part that he's ready, I think you need to, you know, I would a love, fire under their ass, draft a corner who will make them work. I would love for them to get a, a big, strong, like, jump ball corner that will, can go up and contest against some of these big guys. I mean, I look like at that too. Buffalo, Miami, they... The Jets now have Garrett. Well, they all have these stud number ones. And since since Gilmore left, I felt like we have not had somebody that I trust to go follow their best guy. Jonathan Jones is great. He's a very good slot right. guy. Exactly. Extremely good. Probably the best nickel corner in the league, like at least up there. You know what I mean? Right, right. But, you know. And I think like Jack Jones like and Mark said, Jones are good complementary pieces right. to a very strong one. Whether, you know what I mean? If you can trust... Then the whole team's better. Judon gets there quicker. Yuchi can get there. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have to go. Like, they ha- like corners, the secondary gives the pass rushers more time, and everything complements each other. Yeah. That's what I would love. I'm I would excited. love them to go get. I, I mean, I'm blanking on the names right now, but Christian Gonzalez, um, the, the the Oregon, I think that's, he think he's from Oregon. They got the Penn State, yeah. Joey Porter Jr. Last um, year, we were very dead set on Devin Loiter and N'Kobe Dean. Honestly, I don't think the linebackers are much of an issue. I think that, honestly, I thought Jelani Tavai played pretty well when he was yeah. in last year. Yeah. I think I think he's going to be getting more reps. Yeah, uh, they still have Cam McGrone. I mean, um, you had your team-leading tackler, I believe, again, uh, Juwan Bentley, who had another good yeah, year. Yeah, the captain, yeah. He, oh. he, he gets better and better, and he flies under the radar. He's, he's a very, yeah. very good player. Um, you've got Kyle Duggar who's going to be in the box. He's yeah, a physical you, you guy. You think he's going to have a breakout year? If you, I right? do think he's going to have a breakout year. I would not be surprised if That'd I be saw fun. Kyle Duggar as an All Pro. That would be year. nice. That would be very nice to see. Um, I don't know. I think the, the direction of the Patriots is interesting. Um, obviously, we don't have a ton of information right now, but we will definitely do some bigger coverage come along. You know, as the draft approaches and more stuff comes out, right? Um, but they'll be fine. I, I think the Patriots have made some additions on the off- offensive side of the ball to get better. Yeah. Um, I think a Juju signing is better than people take it for because it wasn't DeAndre He's a Hopkins. jump ball guy. Go get the ball. He had us... Listen, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that Andy Reid offense in Kansas City. You've got, obviously, the best tight end in the league. Yeah. Maybe the best tight end yeah, in the I league. I'm sort of a George Kittle guy. But... Um, yeah. You've got him to feed, mm-hmm. and you've got other guys who are underrated, like Sky Moore. You had a rookie who was good in the uh, in the playoffs. You had the guy you went out and traded for, uh, Kadarius Tony, and then um, who did who else? They have they have Mikael Hardman last year still, who uh-huh. was a mainstay in their offense for the last few years. Yeah. You know they got mouths to feed, man, and they throw to their running backs a lot too. You get yeah. Jarek McKinnon, who had a really good year. He honestly, yeah. He, he could have been there one if it wasn't for Pacheco breaking out, but he's a good player too. And then you got Edwards Hilaire still. Yeah. So the fact that he only had 900 yards last year in that offense doesn't bother me. I think he's going to have a bigger role this year. And I know he's not exactly great anywhere. He doesn't have world burning speed or hands or, you know, agility or anything like that. Yeah. But I think he'll be a good fit in the offense for sure. They'll be I fine. think that him and the tight ends can complement each other. Yeah, no, I think Kasicki's going to be a good addition. I think Hunter Henry is due to have more of a role in this offense. Right. 
I think Kosicki could even take over this year. I think you could you could make that argument. He only had 300 receiving yards last year. I think it was more of a down year. I don't know. That might have been how we were able to get him at so cheap. Bill O'Brien, let's see what he can do. I just, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, yeah, you know, it's coming to the end of the hour here. Um, yeah, we got a lot coming up. Celtics start tomorrow against the Hawks. Very exciting. 3.30 tune in. We'll definitely be uh, tweeting, or I'll be tweeting reactions because I love to get involved. Um, I'm thinking Celtics in five. I think they slip up once, and then Joe Mazzula grills them, and they're back on the thing. So um, that's it for today's episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, this special edition of uh, the show here tonight. It's uh, about a year from the last time Mike and I recorded a late-night episode, the uh, ep- lost, lost episode 19, which we'll forego to ever f- go down as, like, you know, what could have been. But thank you for listening. Take care. Brush your hair. Uh, stay safe. Thanks do your for thing. Listening. It's always a pleasure. We will be back.